Hey mamas, welcome back to another episode of I See You Mama, the podcast where we talk to other moms about all the stuff, all the things, all the stuff that we find ourselves discussing as parents with each other as we go through this journey together. Um, that's what these conversations are about. I'm your host, Ariana Evans, and um, this is part two of two, <laughs> uh, where conversations with um, my guest, Brooke Lamb, who is a family marriage and family therapist here in Nashville. And um, we just, I wanted to make them sort of bite size, uh, bite sized pieces. So, in the midst of what is still sort of the quarantine and the shutdown and the pandemic and all the words that we're using for this time where uh, the kids are home <laughs> and and things are not as they were and some people are out of work and the economy is kind of opening up and some people are cavalier about it and some people are totally freaked out about it. Um, yeah, that's we're in the midst of this still. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, discussing this in the midst of, and while we're in, while we're parenting in this kind of hard place, um, has been good. Uh, we, I took my kids, we had to go somewhere and pick up all their school stuff and I made them put on masks to greet their teachers and they were mad. I was like, listen, you, you haven't left the house in, I don't know how long since March 3rd. Well, they left the house, but they've been like in the car with me and not gotten out. Like we've driven places and stopped and then driven home. So they haven't gotten out. Uh, so really they haven't been anywhere in months. And I made them put on masks and they were so mad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't care. Put this on. And they fussed and complained. I was like, well, still got to happen. Um, yeah, we want to protect our teachers from my kids who are, if you they're anything, if your kids are anything like this, mine are total germ fests. Um <laughs> They lick everything. They eat their boogers. They put stuff in their mouth. I mean, maybe not so much anymore. They're kind of they're kind of getting older, but I still see them do like really gross stuff. I'm like, Whoa! oh my gosh! There used to be this TV show forever ago called Monk, and uh, uh, the main character is Monk. Went to a school and he was sitting next to a kid and he watched a kid like eat a booger and he lost his mind. It's kind of how I feel sometimes watching my kids do. Like nasty stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't believe you did that. That's so gross. And they think it's funny. And then I go make them wash their hands, <laughs> brush their teeth. And they think I'm crazy. But, you know, such are the joys of parenting in the pandemic. Um, I've also been working, not full-time, but part-time. And um, at my actual job, not this job, which I love. But this job doesn't pay me any moolah. <laughs> so... Uh, that's been part of it, finding this balance where we I'm juggling between their needs and my needs. And um, yeah, so the, the our topic, again, is worthiness and um, kind of finding a way to uh, put our needs as a priority in our lives and not just uh, sort of sacrifice ourselves on the altar of motherhood, which I feel like so many moms do. Um you know, there's this idea that <laughs> you have to be this, this perfection or you have to get it right. You have to do it right. 
or you have to stay at home or you have to work full time and you have a perfect nanny. Like there's all these expectations and rules and, and things that we as, um, a society place on moms and kind of looking at all those and talking about all those and really taking a step forward to do what is healthy and good and right for my body and my family and my mental health. Um, that's, that's what we've been talking about with Brooke. So this is part two. Um, and did I mention, so Brooke is, I did mention, but Brooke, just to say it again, Brooke is a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Nashville. And, um, so I always value her insight. She has one small child, um, who is a toddler. And (laughs) so it's, it's really fun to bring like all different perspectives into the conversation. Like I, I'm out of the baby years, but I, I uh, still feel like I don't know very much. <laughs> and, and and I don't know if I ever will know all the things. I don't think that that's a, 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 a human possibility to know all the things. I think a lot of people act like they know all the things. And then I don't want to hang out with those people. <laughs> because I just want to know that you, like me, are a human being who struggles with stuff. And so, anyway, I'm going to ramble on if you let me. But I'm going to try to keep it short. So we're going to jump in with part two with my guest, Brooke Lamb. And uh, if you've never been here and you've never heard the podcast, go back and listen to part one and then come meet me back here. And you're, you are so welcome. And I am, you are welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. That's what I'm saying. Not like you're welcome. Uh Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Not like that, but I'm glad that you're here and you, I want to welcome you. So with that, I want to say this might feel a little bit abrupt, um, a kind of a jump into the last conversation, but I kind of, I clipped a little bit from the last one and went back a little bit. So we're, it's not an even cut. You'll hear a little bit of the lead into this part of the conversation. Um, anyway, so back to the podcast. This is part two with Brooke Lamb. You're still connected. You just don't get every second. Yeah. You know, same yeah. with, you know, mom or dad mm-hmm. or you're still connected. Yeah. And then how that impacts her sense of identity and worthiness. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that, I mean, that's where, you know, we're in the same boat as, as moms, right? Mm-hmm. Is Oh, that worthiness piece. Yeah. Oh. It's like, I know. It's like, what makes me be able to, at the end of the day, say, I know that I'm good enough. Yeah. I know that I'm valuable and that I'm worthy of love and belonging. Right. And if it's how nutritionally you fed your kid that day, or if it's, you know, how patient you were that day, yeah. then we're always going to be, like, hating ourselves. Right. And, I, and that's, I think a lot of the mom guilt, right, is this yeah. deep-seated sense of insecurity mm-hmm. about who we are. And our, our worth has to be outside of something other than our performance yeah. as moms. And when we can get to that place, we also model for our kids, right? right? That like your worth is not in how well yeah. you do. It's in who you are. Right. And obviously, yes, we want to try our best. But like some days my best is we watched three hours of TV, right? Yeah, like, and we and, ate Cheerios and for we, dinner. Yeah. And we <laughs> sat on the couch and like my kid ate Captain Crunch mm, yeah. dry out of the box. <laughs> and that was yesterday. <laughs> Because I, it's the end of the day and I just couldn't do it anymore. And he was thinking to himself, this is the most glorious thing. Oh, yeah, right. My mom is the best. Right. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like, when's my husband getting home? (laughs) 5.30, you know. Yeah. And like, 
again, this is not saying we don't have standards of what we, the values we want to live for, yes. right? Like, yes. obviously, we want to engage our kids. We want to teach them. We want to feed them nutritionally as much as we can. But yes. recognizing that that's part of a whole picture. Right. And living, living and dying on one day or one week oh, or yeah. one season. Like, when you have a second, you know, I have a couple of friends right now who've just had a second baby and they're like, like my first isn't getting any attention and I feel so terrible and he's eating crackers for you know lunch and going like hey this is a season like yes if he ate crackers for lunch for the rest of his life like he might problematic have a, yeah scurvy for sure yeah. <laughs> I it didn't go there but I, yes all kinds of problems but he's not going to right and kids are so resilient, and they can move through these different seasons of life yeah. and, like, be okay. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think it teach, it has taught my children that they are not the center of the universe. Yeah. Because they really think they should be. Well, and can you we know? blame them? No. Because, because we treat them like, oh, Right. We, we've taught them to be sets. that way. Yeah. Exactly. It's so true. And you know that I was going to say back before when we were talking like that letting go and letting them have mistakes and make and make their own way mm-hmm. is such a shift from when they hand you that thing, that mm-hmm. tiny little being who's yep. dependent on you every moment. Right. The first like, year of life, you yeah. can't let them make mistakes. Right. The mistakes are <laughs> deadly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like I was my my middle guy, bless him. He had zero sense of self-preservation for the first, like, three years of his life. And he nearly died four times. Oh, my God. And I was like, please let him realize that he could die. Like, he almost drowned twice. Like, he would just, he would go for it. And, yeah. you know, like, well, he didn't almost drown twice. He almost drowned one time. Okay. But, like, he, I was like, surely he'll, Remember you know, that all this the times scary. that he, like, got over his nose and uh-huh. couldn't breathe. Uh-huh. And didn't like, but it didn't scare him enough to be like, I should not go right behind mama's back to the deeper part. Right. And then he did it again and he, he almost drowned that time. And I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he couldn't, I don't know if he couldn't feel pain. He does feel pain, but like he, I would find him and he'd like be playing and he'd mm-hmm. have blood on him. I'm like, what? You know? Just, yeah. Like, like kids he had cut himself on different something levels and just was like, whatever. Natural inhibition. Yeah. Or, yeah. He had like a 50 yard mama leash. Like he, he would literally get 50 yards away from me before he would turn around and be like, ah, is this oh, too wait. far? Yeah. Whereas like my daughter had like a 10 foot mama leash. Yeah. And she would be like, um, oh, this is too far. 10 feet. Mm-hmm. And so like he had me in like such anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was always ready to like bolt after mm-hmm. him. I was like, I want you to explore and have fun. Yeah. But no road and no water. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. And it, it, I was like, I'm the worst mom ever. This kid is going to die because he doesn't care. Yeah. That he doesn't care about things that are dangerous. He would approach, you know, like give. He'd be like walking up to a tiger. This didn't really happen, but he would have. He'd be like, Yeah, I wish that you're happened. the best. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah. You know, and right? he's still kind of fearless like that. Yeah. But he also is, you know, has some sense. Like, I might die, which is so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, he finally learned. Yeah. Like, wait a second. Yeah. I need some caution. There are some things I can't do <laughs> and not die. Yeah. 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 And it. so I'm so thankful my my son is pretty cautious naturally. 
And I'm like so thankful for that. And then you'll have the second one and it'll be like, no! I mean, he's he's definitely a boundary tester. Yeah. He's stubborn. Like once he decides he wants to do something, like he's going to do it. Yeah. And so we're struggling with the road right now because now that he knows oh, yeah. I'm not supposed to go in the road. It's fun. Yeah. Every time we go outside, he like goes to the edge and looks at me like, and tries to go. <laughs> so, I mean, he tests the boundaries, but if something's new, yeah, he's very like, mom, stick close to you. And I'm just yeah. like thankful for that because I know <laughs> I'm like, man, like he, other kids, I've seen them. They'll just, they just run. Yeah. My mom said I, she was always worried that I would legitimately get in the car with a stranger. Because I just was so outgoing like, and what? love people, and I had no like sense of fear <laughs> that she had to always watch me because I'd just be like, "Hi, you're a nice man. Like, let's go. Do you have candy in your man? You know." And like that literally would have been me. Yeah. And I think, again, obviously, what I, what I tell my clients is like, we we need to do what is reasonable mm-hmm. to protect them. Yes. But beyond what is reasonable, we have to accept the limits of our control. Yeah. And that's very scary. It because is. it means accepting, like, something could happen to my child. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's always that little voice in the back of your head, like, when I when your kids go to school, like, I'm sure you know. Yeah. Like, something could happen. Allegedly. Theoretically. Oh, right. But we don't mm-hmm. fix, we, we can't fixate on it because we would never live our lives. Right. Um, and we do what's reasonable, which is put them in a place where you feel that there's a reasonable level of safety and security yeah and then you have you have to like let go yeah and letting go of the most precious thing in your life it's it's like gut-wrenching it is yeah they i mean not to make light of it but like they have for the kindergartners they Mm -hmm. have when you drop off your kid and then you go to this parent meeting and they call it the boohoo breakfast because like and then they read this poem and all of us like cry i'm like shut up i don't want to cry for all these people but like it was so hard oh that will definitely be me oh god my first kid it was so hard the biggest adjustment for me was knowing that someone else would have most of her time that day Mm -hmm. like no that's mine yeah, I'm in t- like I'm her mom. I'm the one who's supposed to know all these things mm-hmm. and see every minute of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like she, it was such a good thing for her. She loved school. She was mm-hmm. like, "Bye, mom. Yeah, see you." Yeah, we. So my son's in part time daycare. Yeah, and that I think has been good for us because yeah. it's from he started at about a year. He's a year old. Just for me to say, like hey, he's actually really happy when he comes home from daycare. Like, every time we pick him up, he's laughing and smiling. You know, he's having all this social time. Yes. Like, this is good for him, and I love it. Yeah. And I so that, I think, is another, like, mom guilt thing I see a lot. Oh, yeah. Is I feel guilty that I want time away from my kids. Yeah. Or I feel guilty that I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, that does not interest me at all. And I had to personally overcome that obstacle because my mom stayed home yeah my sister-in-law stays home and homeschools for four kids yes and they're both just wonderful moms and wonderful at that and they both felt really personally called to do that right that that was what they needed to do yeah and I do not feel that way yes and but that was hard for me right because I had this picture of like that's what being a good mom means right it's like you're in it every day and you stay home and you do activities with them and and you just like 
love being home with them. Oh, like you that's treasure a lie. it. <laughs> you just treasure every second. <laughs> and I no. quickly learned because I stayed home for the first nine months, and I was just like, I'm kind of miserable. Right. And I think that's just because of my personality. And it's yeah. because of because I love what I do so much. Yeah. That there's just a piece in my heart that I can't fulfill unless I'm working, yes. doing what I love. And to accept, okay, that doesn't mean right. I don't love my kid. Yeah. I'm obsessed with my kid. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't want to be with him. Right. It doesn't mean I, and I hate this. This is such a thing in society. People are letting daycares raise their kids instead of, you know, like, have you heard yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why America's in a moral degradation because oh. people are not, ra- I've literally seen people say that on Facebook, right? Because they're not raising their kids, daycares are. And I'm like, ah. well, first of all, most people put their kids in daycare, or not most, a lot, because they don't have the privilege right. of staying home. Right. And they have to work. Right. So, like, take your self-righteousness, Jerry, on Facebook and <laughs> shove it. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, it's always a Karen, <laughs> right? Um, or... Like, who are you, like, to say that that individual person's life, like, you don't know their life. Right. You don't know what's best for that family. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, again, within reason, of course, our children need us and they need us to be present and yeah. engaged, but they don't need it 24-7. No. And well, they need social time and they need, like, other adults in their life. Yes. And for me, it was like, man, I'm a better mom when I work. Yeah. Because, so I'm home Tuesday, Thursdays, and, like, I'm excited to be with him tomorrow. Right. Because I miss him. And right. I'm, like, ready to hang out with him all day. Because I get my time. Right. And tonight I get to go see clients, and I get to get filled up, you know, being the adult woman that I am, <laughs> and, and make some money, and see the impact I have in people's lives. And then tomorrow, I get to just, like, love on my kid all day. Yeah. And I'm better and I like him more yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> well and the, and the, but there's also this like idea that we like if you work if you work it's x y and z mm-hmm. if you're at home it's x y and z exactly let me tell you being home for 10 years 10 years with my children it was not a walk in the park oh I think it's like, harder like it, <laughs> I think that's the hardest thing you can do you know yeah I, I felt like it was something I really wanted to do and yeah. also a lot of that time, I was miserable yeah. because I was struggling with balance mm-hmm. and with parenting them mm-hmm. and being overwhelmed by having, you know, just children in my face 24-7, right? Yeah. Like, feeling guilty about not being able to make time to take care of my body and my mental health mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Because these, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, it's not like I'd be like, all right, I'm going to work. Bye. Right. You know, and then feeling guilty about not bringing any income into right. their, yeah. our home. Like, so many things. Uh-huh. Like, on either side, yep. I think we as parents are like, well, this is, like, the ideal or this the is the grass fantasy. Is yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's all not true. It's all a bunch of lo- – it's all a load. It's all like, hard. Yeah. Like, no matter no right. matter how you parent as a mom, especially as a mom. I mean, yeah. I think it's hard for men – or I don't want to be heteronormative. <laughs> I think it's hard for the working – primary working partner – Right. As well. Right. But in a different way. Because I know, like, for my husband, there is an expectation. Like, you have to go to work because yeah. you pay the, like, majority of our bills. Right. Like, we need you to do that. Yeah. So, please go do that. <laughs> Whereas, for the person who carried the baby, maybe breastfed the baby, was home primarily. In the, you know what I mean? There's this right. different expectation. But no matter what you do, right. it's hard. And no matter what you do, you feel guilty. 
Right. And that's where I'm calling, can I cuss on here? No. <laughs> okay. That's where I'm calling BS yes. on mom guilt. Yeah. Because everyone feels it no matter their situation. Yeah. And I'm like, that, this is just such a oppressive, like, we're experiencing oppression from all these different areas of expectation on women, expectation on mothers that's not placed on men. Right. And that, like, we choose to buy into that system yeah. when we believe those things about ourselves or well, about other moms. And buying into that system give, gives, gives us, like, kudos or creds. Like, people right. were, like, singing my praises because I was a stay-at-home mom. And wow, I was like, do yeah. you not know how, like... There, there's a reason why I joined a mom's club because I was going to lose my mind. You're desperate for right. community. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, I mean, I got all these like kudos from like mm-hmm. family members and friends and they're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can never do what you do. I'm like, <clears throat> you could probably do it better than me because yeah. I'm a nut job yeah. right now. Right. I'm like, <clears throat> I need, we're going to go to the Y and I'm just going to put them in Y play and then I'm going to go sit in this window and read a book in the sunshine. I'm not even work out. I'm no, just yeah. going to have a hot Drink minute. Drink my free coffee right. from their little coffee stand. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> I did that all the time. I was like, y'all go play. Uh-huh. I'm going to go read a book. Uh-huh. You know, literally. And like, you have to for your yeah. mental health. Yes. But I think that's, that's exactly it, right? Like we all idealize other situations. Yeah. And no matter what situation you're in, there is no perfect situation. Yeah. And it's always a struggle because being a mom is just hard. Yeah. And that's coming full circle back to it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most beautiful, enriching, like, thing you'll ever do. Yeah. Um, one of. <laughs> one of, sure. One of, yeah. yeah. There's some other really beautiful, enriching things for people who are not parents or people who are parents and also do these like beautiful enriching things right you know since we're talking to moms I just assumed (laughs) but yes like it's one of the most human things I think we can ever do yeah it is well and I wanted to tie in earlier we were talking about um this body ideal that we as women are handed Mm -hmm. and then so for me I felt guilty working out I you're taking time for right, you. Right, because I'm taking time for me. The only time that I was really, really, truly good to my body mm. and gave myself exactly what I needed day in and day out was when I was pregnant. Mm. And, like, then when that baby was external, mm-hmm. like, that martyr thing where I, like, sacrificed myself on the altar mm-hmm. of taking care of this little human mm-hmm. and eat terrible <laughs> because... Like, we're living and dying in three-hour cycles where you're either awake or asleep. Right. And when you're asleep, I'm worrying that you're dying, that you might die. And when you're awake, you're crying and you're hungry. And I'm worried about every little thing that Mm -hmm. you're doing. You know, like, I didn't take good care of my body. That was the only time that I was like, yes. Because in my head, I was feeding. Doing it for your kids. Right. Yeah. And, like, that's how I got to be this (laughs) human that I am Mm -hmm. right now in this body. Mm -hmm. Because I continually ignored what I needed Mm. um, and, you know, suffer from compulsions around food and Mm -hmm. all this stuff and and really, like, did not have the mental health or space to be like, okay, I'm modeling this for them. Right, (laughs) right, yeah. They've seen me do really unhealthy things. Like, we're not going to have ice cream for dinner. (laughs) Like... Sometimes, but sure, not you know, on like a regular. Mama doesn't need a secret stash of chocolate. Like sure, yeah. There are things that I was modeling unhealthy behavior for them, and not realizing 
that I thought I was sort of sacrificing my time and my well-being for Mm -hmm. them and in that modeling really unhealthy behavior specifically Mm -hmm. around food for Mm -hmm. me and that like but buying into that like a mother is a martyr yeah a martyr and also like you know a tiger in the sheets and has a great body yeah and like does all these things Mm -hmm. like that is an impossible list right to give up your time your mental health your body Mm -hmm. your sexuality Mm -hmm. your creative mind your working mind Mm -hmm. like that it's it's impossible list but that as a culture as i feel like what's been handed to us as moms like you have to do all these things i'm like (laughs) right well you have to do all those things while simultaneously not taking any time to take care of yourself which is what it would take to be able to do any of those things right so you magically have to be two people right like give all of yourself to your kids but also somehow be this like right this person you just described yeah um and again i mean i don't want to be like keep yelling about the patriarchy but a, a lot of it does come back to like expectations that are generally on women in society yeah um both moms and non-parents of yeah. you have to be all these different things at one time to be good enough right um and i think what the one of the the flips of the script we have to make is you're actually a better parent when you take time for yourself. Yeah. Um, being a martyr actually doesn't help them. Right. It helps them in the moment maybe because they get what they want or need in the moment. Right. But again, long term, you're setting them up to not see you mod- like modeling self-care. Right. So we can't expect them to do it. There's no delayed gratification. They get exactly what they right. want in the moment. Right. And you will burn out. Yeah. And you will, and that's when we have things like, you know, a lot of postpartum mood disorders don't come from that, but they can, you know, I mean, they, that can totally come on as a result of, I think I'm supposed to be driving myself into the ground or, you know, I have so many moms come in the first couple of months after baby and they're going, all the family has left Mm -hmm. and I just feel like I should be able to do it by myself now. Yeah. And I'm going like. That's a whole other. You're two months in. Yeah. <clears throat> Back in history, in human history, nobody did this no. by themselves. No. We lived in villages where yeah. we had 16 aunties and grandmas. <clears throat> who and were your all parents were next door or in the in same In the house. same building. Like, everybody right? was there helping each other out. Yeah. The older kids were helping. I mean, a other village. people breastfed your baby, yes, too. Yes, mentality. <laughs> That it wasn't expected that you would do it alone. But yeah. in America, we're individualistic and we're yes. very isolated geographically. Yeah. And saying, to, you know, to these moms, like, calling in help is not only okay, like, that that should be the standard. It's not a failure. No. Like, it it's should be expected. Yeah. Sp- saving extra money so you can pay for help. Yeah. Is not... Like, is we should just prepare moms. This is right. what you just need to do. Yeah. Because for the first six months, I would say, right? Like, you're you're just still so vulnerable and you're still physically healing and emotionally and hormonally, like, regulating. Right. Um, but, so anyway, so back to this idea of, like, you're supposed to be all of these things. Um, taking care of yourself is what's best for your child in the long run. Right. Taking time away from your child is what's best for your child in the long run right not in the moment and that's where we have to learn to tolerate their discomfort yes because we just want to keep them comfortable all the time yes and saying like you know what a little discomfort right now 
yeah. is good for you in the long run. And by the way, I'm a human being who's worthy of time and, and care and attention. Yeah. Just like you. Yeah. And I'm worthy of taking an hour, you know, to go work out if that's what makes me feel good or mm-hmm. take a nap if that's what I need at that moment or go to therapy right? or go to, a, you know, a mom's group or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Going on date nights with your partner. Right. And the whole sex thing. I mean, we could talk about that. But this idea of getting <laughs> that's your... That's a whole topic. I know. We should do a whole podcast on that. We should. Getting your body back. Yeah. I hate that language so much. I think it's so problematic <laughs> because you have fundamentally changed right. when you have a child. Yeah. And why would we want to get back, quote unquote, like yeah. to being this person that we no longer are because in society, right, we're told the ideal is thin, white, right, and big boobs, perky, perky boobs, <laughs> and like north. thin, but somehow you also have a booty, <laughs> like all these things that are just, you know, that's two- new. That was not I when I was grown up. Was like, like 2% of the population has that body naturally and right. that's fine. Good for them. But like, they can be on Instagram. That's the rest not- of us know. <laughs> and this pressure to do that <clears throat> is just we have to like revolt against that because yeah. it is so harmful yeah and what is it teaching our, our children both boys and girls about female bodies yes and what they're meant for right I could go on all day about that <laughs> yeah it's it's so it's so true and I you know the the words sort of like I never got my body back because I didn't really wasn't kicking it to begin with <laughs> like you know people didn't look at me like oh my gosh look at you yeah none, just, none of us little, are influencers right I was, <laughs> no, I was a little I was squishy even back then sure yeah. and so like for me getting my getting my body back for me meant feeling sane and normal and my body not being in flux all the yes, time like yeah. my hormones and my period and what's going on mm-hmm. and I'm leaking things and mm-hmm. sure <laughs> yeah. like returning to a biological state of like right. homeostasis yeah nor- normalcy <laughs> like what is happening yeah yeah you know yeah. like that's get your body back in that way right that is reasonable <laughs> and there's some and there's some like you know I every just sort of I, I scoffed at this early mm-hmm. when people are like oh my gosh you're not going to be yourself for six months I was like Psh, whatever I'm gonna be myself for in like a week. What are you talking about? Get this baby Baloney. out. Yeah. No, that baby came out. And then for six months, I thought I was okay. And then like I hit the six month mark and it was like I had been underwater. Mm-hmm. And I sort of came up and was like, oh, this is what they meant. Yeah. And then it happened again at 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, the world expanded a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. You know, when they're finally like. Getting yourself walking. back. Yes. Yeah. And I like that phrasing, right? Like you came back to your new version of yourself, but you were, those familiar pieces came back, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the confidence of like, I've been doing this for 18 months. I kind of got it. I got it. Nobody died. Mm -hmm. It's been good. Yeah. You know, that I think is beautiful, right? Because we, and I tell my, all my new moms this, I'm like, you, this feels like forever Right. right now. You will one day go, oh, I feel like me again. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, oh, I made a joke that, oh, like, I, I can joke again, you know? Like, yeah. oh, this is coming back. Um, but you're this new, richer, fuller version of who you were before. Yes. 
But translating that into our physical bodies. Right. Like, all we should be promoting is doing what feels good to take care of you, right? And that bodies change over time. Yeah. And that's like another, just a big lie in our society from diet culture is that if you do things a certain way, your body will look the same forever. (laughs) Like you'll be like you were in high school forever. No, that's a lie. No, right. And like, what can we celebrate? Like, you know, that was my body then, but like, this is my body now. Yeah. And what do I need to do today to take care of myself and feed myself and exercise or stretch or whatever yes and accept the new shape that it's in yeah because it is probably a new shape right i mean there's people at the gym so sad i saw this this woman was talking she's very fit but she has like a tiny bit of a pooch from having babies right right the pooch that's just so normal it's extra skin like right and and she was just talking about i just i have to get rid of the pooch you know and i'm just going like what I yes and like why do we see that as a bad thing yeah we only do because of what we're constantly thrown it's constantly thrown in our face yeah um about what is and is not beautiful right um right well and and like I mean I can look back at my I know in high school I was like oh my god I'm a cow I know right I look back at myself in high school (laughs) I'm like dang Mm -hmm. I had it going on yeah. Like, I look, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that, like, 17-year-old body yeah. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, compared to my 43-year-old body, that body was amazing. Right. And so do you see how yeah. body image yeah. is not about your body? Right. It's because not. it's about how you feel in that moment about yourself. Yeah. And as a person I mentioned in recovery from an eating disorder, I'm the same way. I'll look at the pictures of where I was at when I was dieting really yes. hardcore. And I remember those moments thinking... I look bad. Like I remember thinking I needed to lose more weight. Right. And yet at that point I was, you know, 30 pounds smaller than I am now or whatever it is. And I realized through a lot of hard work and help from wonderful people that it will never be enough. Right. Until I decide that I'm okay the way that I am now. Yeah. And do the work that it takes to be at that place. Yeah. And yeah, this just constantly chasing an ideal of like, man, I wish I looked like I did that. It's like, you're always going to feel that way. Yeah. Until until today is okay. Yeah. So. And what, like, 70-year-old is out there in the world going, oh my gosh, super hot right now. Like, the, there's an acceptance of your body as my body as it gets older. Mm. Like, this is, I mean, my body may fluctuate in weight, but sure. this is probably the strongest I'm ever going to be. Mm. Right, and we it's decline kind of over downhill time. from here. Like I'll be in my fifties <laughs> in seven years, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't necessarily say that my fifty-year-old self is going to be stronger than my forty-year-old self. Maybe like, you know, I'll lift more weight. So, so or yeah, whatever. if you work out more, but but like we naturally decline. Right, right. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to hit seventy. You're like, yeah, still got it. Super <laughs> fit. Like I'm yeah. like, thank God, I'm still. Um, healthy and strong and functioning and I'm not wearing a diaper right now Mm -hmm. like those are the things I (laughs) that's my goal Mm -hmm. like let's just maintain this level Mm -hmm. as long as possible don't fall don't break a hip don't lose any bone mass like cherish what your body can do yeah and I think that's another uh, great way after you know postpartum to really reconnect to our new body yeah um of look what your body did yeah Right. Or look, you know, for adoptive parents, like look what the body of the birth mother did. Right. Like that, that, that's amazing. Like, let's just be 
in awe of the human body and cherish what it can do rather than looking at it as a piece of meat to gratify the sexual appeals, you know, or desires of men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is what all that pressure comes from. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else and I forgot. Something about being 70. Oh, <laughs> you were talking about being older. Yeah. Um, like I'm not. Oh, there's yeah. a quote. Someone, one of the books I love um, about this stuff, it's called the, the effort diet. It yeah. says the bad word, but, but her, she does all this. She talks about all the research around like dieting and how it doesn't work and like why we have the pressure to do everything I'm talking about here. Right. Um, she says, don't be the 85 year old in the nursing home who won't eat her pudding because she doesn't want to get fat. <laughs> And I'm like, that's such a great point, right? I like, eat pudding. Like, when are we going to stop? Right. Because if you don't stop, eventually you'll be that person. Right. And do you want to spend your life no. obsessing over the pudding? Or do you want to just eat the pudding yeah. and live your life and enjoy it, yeah. right? And, like, find Good. a balance of nutrition, but also eat cake. Because yeah. cake is great. Cake is great. So great. Yeah. Donuts are so great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I'm not going to live my life really not eating donuts. donuts. Great. Yeah. And they should, because they are. <laughs> like, if we start heading north on Gallatin, and we get close to Bradley, You've they're like, are them. we going, are we going to get donuts? I'm like, no, we're just turning out to this Where's right. your place? It's like, it used to be called, it used to be, um, oh gosh, it's called McGow's or McGow, I don't remember. It used to be, um, like a franchise of one okay. of the big donut places, and now it's like an individually owned. Okay. But if we even get close to there, they're like, are we getting donuts? I'm like, No! <laughs> You crazy people! I love Shipley's. I think it was a Shipley's. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was a Shipley's. Yeah, because there's one on. I live in Hermitage, and there's one on Lebanon, and like, I just <laughs> it's like the crunchy outside and like the soft inside. The cake donuts. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna start drooling. Oh yeah, that's the one of the hardest things is like for because I have autoimmune disease, I have to be gluten free. Oh, sorry. I know. <laughs> what we heard talking sucks. about. I feel like it there's a lot so of good it's options not, it's, now. That's though. a lie. It's all like, <laughs> it's no, they taste terrible. <laughs> People are like, oh my gosh, you could totally. I'm like, this bread right here is a cheese vehicle. It is just getting the cheese to my face. <laughs> People are like, but gluten free pizza. I'm like, it's disgusting. Do you really think like, so? Oh god. Okay, so I've had. It's some a texture stuff. thing, and I okay. hate it. Yeah, it's like a little bit denser and like spongy and like. Oh, oh no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There are gluten-free donuts out there in the world, but, like, you know. They're not Shipley's. They're not Shipley's. I don't think Shipley's created, created a gluten-free option. No, they don't. <laughs> My kids have already decided that when they get older, they want to work at Shipley's. And I'm like, you know what time these people get up? <laughs> Y'all can't even get what? out of bed at 6.30 for school. <laughs> what aspirations? <laughs> They're I like, I want to work here someday. I'm like, me too, kid. I would be so sick. My first job was at Cold Stone Creamery oh, man. when I was in high school. And every time you worked a shift, you got like a free ice cream or a shake or whatever. And when dangerous. I first started, I was like so pumped, you know, like because <laughs> you're 15, you like don't have any money and like a $6 ice cream is like a big deal. And I got it every time. But then over time, it's like I kind of got sick of it. Yeah. And I got sick of the smell because you're just like around the sweet smell yes. all the time. And everyone would be like, oh, don't you love working here? And like, I'm like, Mm-mm. not anymore. Like, <laughs> like it kind of makes me want to puke, actually. So I think with Shipley's, you'd probably experience the same thing. Yeah. I think I'd get sick of it real quick and be like, ugh, everything's sticky all the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like having a toddler. 
It's so true. Everything is sticky all the time. Yeah. We can count, like, I'm looking around, I'm like, fingerprints, 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 fingerprints. Yeah, and my son kind of has, like, I'm learning he has a little bit of, like, a sensory texture aversion Mm -hmm. where he does not want anything on his hands. Yeah. Or anything goopy or anything messy or sticky. He's always, you know, when we're eating, he's always asking me to wipe his hands off. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not what I, oh, yeah, (laughs) he still gets it on his hands. This is not what I anticipated with a toddler, right? Like, I figured he'd be like. Like hand painting and stuff, he doesn't want to touch it. Yeah. If he gets water on him, he screams like the like the world is coming to an end yes. because he got a little water on him on his hands. I'm like, like I didn't I didn't expect this. this is a very clean. Where I'm constantly having to like wash child. his hands. I know. Yeah. I guess there are worse things. There are. <laughs> I have um I have a sensory aversion kid and then a sensory seeking kid mm. and my sensory seeking kid um will literally coat himself head to toe in mud <laughs> still he's nine and I, I have to say to him get out of that mud pot like because we have to get in the van and I can't take you anywhere unless I strip you naked and hose you in the parking lot naked and- <laughs> That was very I'm from southern. Texas. I'm yeah. from Texas. I'm going to strip you naked and hose you off in the parking lot. Uh-huh. Like, and there, I have pictures of him literally like, he just looks like the swamp thing. <laughs> I was so thinking of that, covered. like totally just head to toe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I have the opposite problem. <laughs> He'll come to me and he's go. He's a little grubby. Wash, wash. Wash. And he's got like a little thing on his hand. I'm like, like oh bless. no. Oh no! I'm gonna give you like a wipey station. Here, when I'm trying, I'm trying Very to slowly Montessori. like increase his distress tolerance. Like, yes, it's okay. You can. It's okay. And yeah, he's like, just lick it. It's not. It's not okay. <laughs> like he starts escalating, and I'm like, okay, I'll wash your hands. <laughs> Poor babe. So, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, we covered so we covered so many. I feel like we did this whole big circle thing about guilt and bodies and. I know. Worth what are and, you gonna call this podcast? No, yeah. It's going to be all the things. All the things. <laughs> but thank you again for coming. Yeah, and thanks for having coming me. Coming over and... <laughs> just letting me ramble on your microphone. I feel like that's really what I just did was like get on a soapbox for an hour. But, but I think that's so... As as moms, we need to say these things out loud. Mm-hmm. Again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Because we're... You know, the other, the other voice is so loud. Yeah, it's yeah, so it is. loud. It and is. for like the next wave of mothers like we've got it but then there's like 20 year olds out there going what yeah, yeah. you know like i i'm okay i don't with- got it <laughs> i just want to say that <laughs> for the i would say like 85 percent of the time i'm okay with who i am as a mm-hmm. person and my body and my mind yeah and then there's you know that other percent where yeah. i'm like <laughs> yeah you know but yeah. 85 is is more than it used to be it used to be like 10 percent right Right. Yeah. Same. I mean, and I think when you start out, it's that way. And each time you sort of enter a new phase, it's that way with, you know, my son's just hitting the toddler, the terrible twos kind of tantrums things where like Mm -hmm. one day he's like an angel. Yeah. And he's so sweet. And the next day I'm like, I literally want to like throw you out the window (laughs) and I feel so guilty, you know? And so we need to be affirming each other. Like sometimes I want to throw my kid out the window too, you know? We don't it's, do it, and that's right. what matters. But like, <laughs> we don't throw them when, out the window when but... they're throwing tantrums on the floor all day because you didn't peel their banana the way they wanted you to. Oh. Like, yeah. 
that's frustrating. Yeah. And, like, you're allowed to feel those things. Well, and that, like, being around, like, that level of screaming all day, like, just the level of, like, tension I feel would feel in my body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to go lock myself in the bathroom. I mean, it's like sensory pee. overload. Right. Yeah. For a long time. Uh, yeah, all day long. Like, I'm going to put you in this high chair so I know you can't fall out or go anywhere. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to go away yeah. in the bathroom for a minute. Right. And that we just need to keep reminding each other and speaking yeah. that into each other that, like, yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. And your kid knows they're loved yeah. and safe and fed. So exactly, you're succeeding. And seek out community. Mm-hmm. Seek out community. Mm-hmm. You're not meant to do this alone. No. Like... If you're, if you, my kid, like in the, if we would have like a big mom's club thing. And then one, my kids didn't want to play with me because they were off with like the group. But if something yeah. went wrong mm-hmm. and there was crying, mm-hmm. some other mom would be like, oh, and you're okay. And they don't feel that like deep connection and anxiety with my child's cry like mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. So they just like put a band aid yep. like, you're fine. And just Go back move and on. play with the yard. And where I was, where I would be a wreck. Yeah, right. And they're like, I got it. Yeah, or like, we gotta go. Like, I can't. Yeah, and it's just so good to get that outside perspective. Yeah. And support. Yeah. And yeah, totally. That's why Mom's Club is so great. That's right. Find one in a local chapter in your area. This has all been an ad for sponsored Mom's by Club International. <laughs> Not really. You should ask for that though. Be like I totally plugged your shit, your yeah. your group today. You yeah. totally. You want to hand me twenty bucks or something? Yeah, twenty bucks. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thank you for having you. me. You're welcome. We'll do this again. Okay. Bye. Bye. So thank you all for listening. I always start with so. It's not like I've noticed that in my editing. I'm like, I start with a lot of sentence with, so, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, thanks for coming by and giving this podcast a listen. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. And as always, you can reach out um, via all the major social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can always email me at icumamapodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear back from you. I love feedback. I love comments. If you have ideas for shows, um, yeah, send them my way. It's always, it's always good to have, um, sort of connection and, and feedback with you, my listeners. And, um, I love that when that happens and, um, I want it to, oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. I love that when it happens. So until next week, I see you. And I see all the good things you're doing and I see your struggles and I see that you are in it and you're doing it, mama. I see you. All right. See you next week. Bye.